It's time to celebrate the first anniversary of the Stephen Dacubas podcast and I want to celebrate with you. If you want to master the power of building a personal brand on Instagram so that you can generate more leads and convert more sales, then listen up because we have something really, really juicy for you. We are having a contest for listeners of the Stephen Dacubas podcast. And there will be three lucky winners who will receive free access to my brand new online course, the Instagram Academy. Instagram is the most effective platform to build a strong relationship with your audience so that you can turn your followers into paying customers. So I don't think I need to remind you that it's through the power of having a strong relationship with your audience that is going to dictate if someone is going to invest in your business or not. And in this program, you're going to learn exactly how to build a personal brand on Instagram without having a lot of followers and without spending the whole day on your phone. So to enter this giveaway and to be one of the three lucky winners, all you have to do is the following. Number one, I want you to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast that you can leave a review. For example, on Spotify, you cannot leave a review. So head to wherever you leave, you can leave a review. Let's take, for example, Apple Podcasts. And I want you to give the Stephen DeCubas podcast five-star review, of course, for good karma. And then I want you to take a screenshot of your review. Then I want you to head to stephendecuba.com forward slash giveaway and upload your screenshot. Now, you have until the 21st of May 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Central European time in order to upload your screenshot. And you need to complete the whole form in order to be eligible for the price. All right, so for all the information, head to stephendecuba.com forward slash giveaway and you can read it all there. All right, so stephendecuba.com forward slash giveaway. Now let's head into the episode of today. With over 20 years of experience as a creative leader, executive producer, and stereographer on some of Hollywood's biggest films, and over 10 years as a creative entrepreneur and consultant for massive global creative companies, Jeremy Nicolates now uses his wealth of experience and knowledge to help fun and energetic creatives become a creative entrepreneur and he helps existing creative businesses get to that next level of success so that they can be creative and live free. Jeremy is one of those people that I can talk to and listen to for hours and hours and hours and I will never get tired of his story. So today I am convinced that you are also going to leave with a lot of valuable information from Jeremy's story. So I'm not going to make this intro really long. All you have to do right now is sit back relax and enjoy this episode. Hey, my name is Steven Dukuba and I am a photographer, an entrepreneur and your podcast host. This podcast is for ambitious entrepreneurs in the making who would like to turn their hobby into a business. In these episodes, I will share behind the scenes about my journey. I will also interview industry experts and share tips on how you can achieve your biggest goal. I hope this show entertains you, but most importantly, inspire you to follow 
follow your wildest dreams. This is the Stephen DeCubas Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Steven DeCubas podcast. Today with me, I think I can also call him my friend, Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome to the Steven DeCubas podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Just this week, I was also on your podcast and in your Facebook group, which we are also going to talk about. But thank you for being here. I just wanted to start by introducing yourself to my audience because I I'm pretty sure um, a couple of people have, have no idea who you are. So let's start there. Let us know who you are and what do you do? Cool. Yes. Um, thank you. I am so happy to be here. And yes, we are friends. And <laughs> I know this is going to be a great conversation because we can't get together and not have a great conversation. Um, <laughs> right. But um, to give people a little bit of backstory, um, I have been in... Um, you know, the film business, I was in the film business for decades, really. I was, um, I, I am a third generation film industry person. I don't know how you, <laughs> you categorize that, but um, yeah. like my grandfather was in the film business, my dad's in the film business, like my aunts and uncles in the film business. And I grew up saying, I'm never going to be in the film business. <laughs> <laughs> um, but somehow I got dragged in. It's funny, yeah. I was actually... I like literally was not going that route and mm. um, I was going to school and I was like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, so I came back, I'm like, dad, I'm coming home. I don't know what to do. And so I got a job, of course, in the film business. Cause he's like, I know a friend, you should just work over here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, as a, I'm like driving things around LA, I, I live, I'm born and raised in LA. And so uh, I'm driving things around trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I realized like all I do in class and the reason why I'm no good at school is because I'm just drawing and like being creative and, mm -hmm. you know, taking things that like I'm just interested in. Right. I was like super free to do whatever I want, but it wasn't like amounting to anything. Right. Uh -huh. And um, so I got this job. I finally got that. I, I started going to art school. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like taking I was just like it was like a trade school. Right. So I was learning techniques and different things by people who were in the art field and were working as artists. And I eventually got a job as an illustrator. And I was so excited. I was like, this my, I finally got, I got this job, this is great. And four months later, I lost that job. Oh. Four months later, the company I was working for, we did the majority of what we did was, um, I was an illustrator and I was doing like Disney DVD covers and ads and different things. And also mm -hmm. like things like, Tony the Tiger and the Keebler Elves and different like branding illustrations that were like cartoons. Um, yeah. But that particular company lost the majority of the Disney work, right? Mm. And not that they did anything wrong. It was just the way that these things happened, right? So I was the first, I was the last one hired. So I was the first one fired. Oh. And um, <laughs> and then I was like, so down on the on my dumps, right? I was just like, oh man, this is, this is terrible. And I was depressed. I didn't know what to do. My dad's like, oh, you should go talk to my friend. He's a visual effects uh, producer. I'm like, dad, like, I'm, you want me to go, like, I have a portfolio. Like, I literally have ink on paper, right? Like, and you want me to go talk to somebody in the visual effects industry? And he's like, yeah. Well, after two months of, like, not being able to get another job and needing money, I was like, okay, I'll go talk to this guy, right? And it turns out this guy's super awesome. And now we've been friends for almost 20 years. And so I got a job in, in visual effects. And my first job was you'll appreciate this we were it was so this was 2002 and the first thing my first responsibility was to uh paint out dust hairs dust and hairs from film scans right because everything was was still on wow film. and it's for imax film so it's 70 millimeter and i would go frame by frame and paint out dust and hair and wow. um it was super tedious um <laughs> but but it was okay i was excited i was doing something new and what was cool about it and this kind of leads into like really like the the big part of my background is everybody i look around and everybody <clears throat> is wearing the paper 3d glasses right like the red and blue glasses and i'm like mm -hmm. wait a minute like we're making 3d movies and like people do this for a living, like this is cool, this is fun, right? And so I just dove in deep, 100%. I started taking more classes on the side. I, every time a new uh, project came in, I asked for more responsibility and really quickly um, started climbing the creative ladder, like mm -hmm. really quickly. So, you know, I had the illustration job and that went away really quick. And so I got this entry level job, but within like 
three years, I had hit, you know, a supervisor position by five years. Um, I think I was, you know, visual effects supervisor and stereographer, which I get into that in a second. And mm-hmm. I like won, um, I started winning awards for some of these oh, shows. Wow. I think one of my first awards was for U2 3D. Oh, and wow. so we, yeah, it was a cool one. And another one was for roving Mars was one of the early ones. And that was relates to today because we just have a new Rover out on Mars, right? Like recently. <laughs> and so, uh-huh. um, it's pretty cool. But so, so then around 2009, I said, but the, butt's not coming in. There's a big, butt coming into this story, <laughs> right? We're going to get to it, but is that like, I think a little bit farther. So around 2009, 2008 is when avatar came out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, James Cameron and Jeffrey Katzenberg from DreamWorks Animation, right? They get up on their pedestals and they start telling everybody, hey, like 3D is amazing. This is the way you got to watch movies and that we're going to help. We're putting digital projectors in all the theaters around the world so that you can watch high quality 3D, right? So like there was massive momentum behind something I love doing and had been doing for, for at this point, you know, almost eight years. And so my value overnight skyrocketed. Right. Mm. And so I started consulting and started getting these, these um, great jobs and, and, and gigs, so to speak. Right. Cause I was, I, mm-hmm. this is really when like the entrepreneur stuff started taking off because I started branching mm-hmm. out on my own in my own business. And this one particular consulting job um, led to me being a global creative director for this big company. And so they, yeah, they hired me to be um, to to first to consult on the first 3D converted live action movie. It's a massive, massive movie for Warner Brothers. And, um, and they hired me, they said, Hey, so we're going to do this movie, we're going to do it in 10 weeks with 50 people. And I had just done an IMAX movie, which is 40 minutes uh, with 30 people over four months. And I was like, you're going to do it with how many people and what amount of time? Like, this is kind of crazy. And um, they're like, yeah, we've got this proprietary, you know, software and like secret sauce and they couldn't tell me anything about it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like I took the job just to see what they got, right? Cause like, this is my world, right? Like yeah. this is what I do, right? You figured out some secret, like I'm in, I gotta see this, right? In back of my mind, I'm going, I don't know. But so anyways, we go, we're like, I take the job, I come in and we have reviews. So like, you know, in every office there's, you know, a movie theater or a few, we had, we had three at the time. And so we're in the theater and like teams of people come in and they show me stuff and then they leave, right? And it's me mm. and the president and the CEO. And I'm like, guys, you know, there's no secret sauce here, man. Like, <laughs> this is the way we've been doing it. So that's good. I can teach you a lot. There's a lot of things you don't know yet. Um, but you're going to need a lot more people. Like you're mm. like, you're in trouble right now. You don't even know it. Like the boat oh. is sinking and you're oh. just like kicking back like on lounge chairs, sipping pina coladas. Like, <laughs> you're in trouble, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, long story short there is we, we got through it, right? It was brutal. I mean, I was working like 18 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Um, they put me up in a hotel next door because it was too, it wasn't safe for me to drive. Right. Wow. It was, I mean, it was bad. Um, but we got through it and it was an experience and we learned from those experiences, but -hmm. that's when they are like, Hey, why don't you come be a part of the company and help us build this thing? Right. And Mm so we built over the next 18 months, we went from the 50 people in LA to 150 people in LA, um, about, I don't know, 60 people in Vancouver, 60, 80 people in London and thousands in Mumbai. We went, we got, we got the team up to 3,500 people. Um, and that's crazy. crazy. You're a big deal, Jeremy. You're a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) We had to build a, like we built a school to train Mm. people because we were like, 3D was new at this point. So there wasn't a talent pool. So in Mm. Mumbai, I mean, we literally, you know, and we had to use the training uh, everywhere, but because the team got so big in Mumbai, like we were just cycling people. And I think we were cycling a hundred and it was like 127 people every 30 days through the training to get people to like to a point where they can start working for us. Right. Wow. Um, there was one point like, cause, and it was cool. Right. And I, I do want to emphasize, cause like it was a big deal. And I think this mm-hmm. is really important for the story. I mean, you know, it was in my contract that, you know, I flew first class wherever I went and that, mm-hmm. you know, it paid really well. I would fly to London for meetings from LA to London, like literally like, you know, they'd spend, <laughs> I mean, first class to London in a nice hotel, like all that stuff just for a meeting. I met wow. with, um, 
uh, David Yates, the director on Harry Potter. Like they wow. flew, I went out to the set and we set up a whole little demo and I showed him, we ended up getting all the Harry Potter movies. Um, you know, I, wow. it, was, it was big. I worked with, you know, Christopher Nolan, uh, George Lucas. We did the Star Wars. Like we did, we went back and did all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. So it was, it was big. It was huge. And um, what ended up happening is that I started after it was all built and it was running. I wasn't, I lost the, the fulfillment. Like I wasn't being fulfilled. Right. Mm. And I was doing all of this because I was climbing this creative ladder, not mm. to, not for the cool factor. Like I get it, like Hollywood and movies, there's, there's a, there's a big cool factor, but I just yeah. wanted to be creative. I wanted yeah. to, I wanted the created creative freedom. I was like, if I can just get to that next step, mm-hmm. I will be able to do whatever I want creatively. Right. Mm. I'll be able to, be free and do the creative projects that I want and have more influence, but it never came. It never came. Mm. There was a time where the, cause what, what the studios would do is they would put a third party team, right. Overlooking what you're doing. Right. And so you never had the freedom. And so one day the studio, one of the studios calls and they're like, Hey, we're going to let you guys run this one. It's going to be great. And I was so excited. I put together this amazing presentation for them. I read that script inside and out. I took into consideration the story. I took into mm. consideration the audience and, and their their comfort and the energy and the emotion, right? And like the ebb and flow. And like, I put together this amazing package. And then they call and they're like, oh, you know what? We're actually gonna send somebody in. We're not gonna give you that freedom. And I was like, oh. uh, but I'm like, okay, I did the work, right? Yeah send them in, I'll pitch these guys, right? Mm-hmm. I'll pitch these guys. And so they come in and right. And I'm talking about like ebb and flow. Cause it's like, it's like sound, right. Where it's like, you've got energy and then you bring it down and you slow it down and then you wow them again. Right? Yeah. Like you create this experience. And so, you know, this guy comes in, he's like, no, you know, I don't believe in anything you're saying. And we're just going to set the dial to seven and just run it straight through. And I'm like, I was so, so disappointed. Um, mm. And a really like hard lesson happened right there was that I realized my opinion didn't matter, right? Mm. And that um, it was never gonna be about my opinion or me, right? And mm. so that the fulfillment, like I was really not feeling fulfilled. And I, was, I felt like I was in this soul sucking job and mm. no disrespect to the company. The company was great, they treated mm-hmm. me well, like mm-hmm. it was something inside of me telling me that I needed more, right? Yeah. I needed more. I needed the passion. I needed mm-hmm. the energy. I needed the freedom. Um, and I walked away, man. I just like totally walked away from uh, that world um, and bought a business, right? So like I had this period wow. of time, right? I had yeah. this period of time where I could do whatever I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I, had, I had some money saved up. I still had, I had some money coming in from other contracts. And so I could say, I said to myself, okay, I got six months to do whatever I want. What will I do? Right. Mm-hmm. And I just went deep into my photography because I had this photography background because it's, it's film. Yeah. Like you have to have this knowledge. And so I was shooting um, a ton of landscape photography and seascape photography. Uh, you know, I live by the beach. But and so mm-hmm. Jeremy, I want to ask you something. Sorry for breaking you, but um, uh, uh, jump in. I want to, because here's the thing, I, uh, what you're telling right here is, is, is beautiful because I know a lot of people, especially listeners of this podcast that are also in that situation that there are at the nine to five job that mm-hmm. they don't like, that they don't mm-hmm. feel fulfilled anymore, mm-hmm. that um, they started first excited and it was something that they wanted, but with time they realized that they don't have that creative freedom anymore or they don't have, or their opinion. Mm, it looks like it matters, but it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. And they don't feel like that this is what they want anymore. But, and here's the big, but it's comfortable. It's pay, mm. it pays the bills. It's, it's the safe route, but they still have that something inside of them tells them that they are meant for more that they can have a business if this is what they want most of the listeners of this podcast want about want a business so what would you say to those people that are in that um phase in their life because you said that you jumped out you just 
you said, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump out. And what would you say to these people? Because, um, I, and I want to add to this because I was in this position too. In 2020, I also was working at a, at a, as a part-time job at a, this agency that I was really, really excited to work at. I started in 2019, but in 2020, it got to a point that I wasn't feeling motivated to do this work anymore. It wasn't really the thing that I wanted to continue growing up into. And also there were many times that I came up with ideas that the people in a higher position than where I was, they will tell me no. And I felt like, wow, what am I doing here then? So what would you say to those people? Well, well, first, um, get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm. I mean, freedom is on the other side of fear. And, mm. you know, um, it's really, you got to look into yourself, right? You're, you're fearful of something, right? And you yeah. got to get past, you got to get past that fear. But I would ask them, I would ask them, you, when you took the job that you have, did you feel qualified for that job? Have you ever taken a job you didn't quite feel qualified for where you felt like I'm stepping up? I'm getting a, a promotion or I'm, I'm leveling up in my job, right? I'm going to do great. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, boy, am I ready for this? Mm. Right. Am I ready? Like I've had those thoughts, right. Or, yeah. oh, it's a big moment at work, right? Like I'm, I'm feeling anxiety. Like I got to perform. I got to really got to show up and, and you go through it and then you get through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I personally also look to the past where I had taken, where I have taken chances. Right. And, mm -hmm. and succeeded, right. Like you have to take, you have to take action. If you don't take action, you will be, you'll just be confined to a box in a chair, you know, yeah. creating somebody else's passion, right? Like you're building somebody else's dream. You're doing something mm -hmm. else for somebody else, which is cool if you're into that, but it doesn't sound yeah. like we're talking about people who are into that, right? No. I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I could tell you, you can climb and you can, you can paint this picture of the future that is, is lovely and great. But when you get there, it's not what you want. Like, mm -hmm. why are you going down a road that you don't want to be in, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to be there, right? Mm -hmm. It's listen, Hey, it's not going to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's never easy. I mean, sometimes, you know, it is, but like something is going to come up no matter which road you pick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why not pick the road of passion, right? Yeah. Go down that, right? Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I often say, choose your heart. Mm -hmm. Having a business, starting your own business, especially right now in the middle of a pandemic is hard, but working at a nine to five job that you don't like, that doesn't give you energy, is also hard. Yeah. Choose yeah. your heart. I mean, sometimes people say like, yeah, but I, my business is not at the point that I want it to be. Well, choose your heart, work your ass off and make sure it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen, your uh, business is never going to be where you want it to be because as exactly. soon as you get there, you're going to want it to be somewhere else. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I love that. I definitely love that because for me, it was also that, that I got to a point that, because here's the thing, I was excited to work at this place. I'm not going to lie. It was something that I was really, really excited. It wasn't the industry that I wanted to grow in. And then after a while, the work, the task, all of that wasn't really what I wanted to continue to yeah. do. So there is where I'm like, mm, do I want to stay here? Is it comfortable? Well, it was comfortable because here's the thing. They offered me a new contract. And in the back of my mind, I was like, should I take it? Uh, or should I just go all in with my business? And I yeah. took it. I played the safe, the safe route safe i thought because after four months when the pandemic hit really the first wave here in the netherlands guess who was the first person that they said bye-bye the guy who thought it was a safe route right. yeah so there's no such thing as playing a safe route even with a nine-to-five job because as we have seen what we have seen these last couple of what 13 15 months that anyone can lose their job. Yeah. Yeah. So again, choose your heart. So yeah, I read that, um, I read a piece that people, companies that started during, mm -hmm. um, an economic, an economic, um, downturn, like when the economy was yeah. down over time, 
uh, outperform other companies mm. and, and companies that innovate during difficult times, during times of, of pandemic and not pandemic, but, um, uh, you know, times where the, the economy's down, like you go back yeah. and you look at, at history and there's these moments in time where these major events happen. Um, yeah. Those companies that uh, innovated then outperformed by up to 30% all the other companies. Wow. Right? Like now's the time, right? Now like is the, change yeah. Change brings opportunity. There's a change yeah. right now and there's yeah. opportunity everywhere. If you're willing to step up and take action and get it, right? Let's yes. go, let's get it. Yes. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> That's true. And here's the thing. So many people are waiting for that moment to like, this is the right moment, but there's no such thing because we never know that it happens. And then we look back and we say, oh, wow, it was actually a great moment to start, but you didn't know until you happen, until it happened. So how about, how about just do it now? Take action, put it out there and see what happens. Perhaps it is the moment or perhaps not. But here's one thing that I know for sure that you will learn. You will learn how to get closer to your goal for sure. Or you will get to your goal. That's, I always say this that there, when you take action, there are two things that can happen. You either get the result that you wanted or you get the lesson that you needed. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as failure. I love that. And if we see, if we approach life, if we approach business from that perspective, whoa, we open so many, so many rooms, so many windows, so many doors for opportunities for us to just go. And mm-hmm. perhaps it wasn't a great idea. All good. Clean it up. Continue. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, you have to take imperfect action as quickly as yeah. possible. You have the idea, you do it. You have an idea for a post, right? We're talking about social media, you have an idea for a post, just do it, mm, right? Yeah. Like with you the other day, right? We met, you came on me, I was interviewing you. <laughs> I love it. And right. And you gave some, some tips about like, you know, generating more activity within your social media. Yeah. We got off. I think I had lunch right after that. And then I was like, oh, boom, I pulled up my thing and I did exactly what you said. And I've done it a couple of mm-hmm. times since then. And I'm just going to keep doing it. Right. Because like you gave me the idea. You said this works. I'm going to try it. Right. And the first, I in fact, it. yesterday and we're talking about putting like um, different like um, interactive things on your stories. Right. And like yeah. yesterday I, d- I did it again. I put the like little slider and I don't know what I'm doing. I was never using I was never using that stuff. And I put the slider on it and I totally blew it, right? Like I had this little this little clip that I that I recorded at lunch about chimichurri, right? And I was like, I love chimichurri, right? And I make we make chimichurri every week. I always need like a, a whole bowl of chimichurri in the fridge. And uh, I'm like, chimichurri this and chimichurri that, and like ended up being kind of long. And I put the slider of like, do you know about chimichurri? But I put it on the at the beginning and it disappeared. I didn't realize when my clip went long, it disappeared on the cut. Uh, yeah. And so by the end, I really wanted it at the end, but like I was like, oh well, like who cares? You know <laughs> yeah. I, mean? like, I also, you know, I think those imperfections too, like make you yeah. relatable, right? People, mm-hmm. if you wait for perfect, right? Mm. One, if if you're just constantly planning and planning and planning and trying to make something perfect, you're not getting that feedback until you yeah. actually go. You don't mm-hmm. learn anything. Even when you succeed, you mm-hmm. learn and you need the feedback from the world. Because here's the thing we talk about, you know, I said my opinion doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, it never matters in business. But the mm-hmm. difference is when I'm working for somebody or you're working for somebody, it really doesn't doesn't matter. It's just like whatever that person thinks, whoever your boss is, your supervisor, yeah. the owner, like whoever it is. But when you have your own business, it's the customer, it's your yeah. client, 100%. their opinion matters, right? Yeah. But now you're getting you you do get fulfillment because you're serving somebody, like right. You're mm-hmm. making somebody's life better. You're doing something, and you're in your your. I like to think everything is like positivity and love and gratitude. And I make my decisions and my energy go that way. And so now you're doing something for the positive, but until you start interacting with those people and getting feedback from them, you can't make it perfect. You're never going to make it perfect. No, you have to, have to, have to take action and go. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that perfect is an illusion because here's the thing, 100% perfect for me might be your version of 50% perfect. And your version of 100% perfect might be my 80% of um, um, 80% perfect. So, 
perfect, 100% perfect is an illusion. It doesn't exist. And every time, as you said, every time that you get like in your business, I see a business like a game. It's like you have different levels. Everyone starts at level number one and you did something, it worked, you got the result. And then you get to level two and then you did something, it worked. And then you get to level three. But when you are at level 10, the strategy that you applied at level number one won't work anymore. You have to start acting differently. You you have to start um, um, doing uh, different, taking different actions. Albert Einstein describes the, the definition of insanity as the act of doing something over and over and over and over again. But that is insanity. But if you want to see something Uh, insanity wait i didn't finish that quote it's insanity is the act of doing something over and over and over and over again um and expecting a different result right yeah 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 but if you want a different result you have to start acting differently so i love this but let's go back to your story because you jumped out out of this nine to five job what happened then so, um, so I was doing the photography, right? Yeah. And, and I was, I was really into it. And I was like, okay, here it is. This is how I should be spending my time. I love doing this. There's passion here, and and people see I'm getting a good response by from my photography. So I started looking into like, well, how like how do I make money? Because every time I started looking at, at the price that people were selling their photographs for, I was like, I can't live on this. Like, I have to replace <laughs> a massive income from yeah. that that I had from this other job, and so. One day somebody says to me, oh, your work, your, your work, work reminds me of Peter Lick. And Peter Lick, for those who don't know, is a very successful photographer. He has sell, sold, I don't know t- what it is today, but I know he has sold some of the most expensive uh, pieces. Like I know I think he mm-hmm. sold like one, one photograph for like $3 million or something. Mm-hmm. But he has these, these, these storefronts. And so I started looking into like his business model, like how he was doing. I was looking for interviews and articles. And, and it, I was like, oh, he has like an internal print shop. And he has an internal like frame store. And he has an internal mm-hmm. uh, graphics department. And he has a team of people. I never thought like oh a photographer a fine art photographer can have a team right mm-hmm. can have people doing things i just built a team with 3500 people i could do this right <laughs> and so, right i like the confidence was through the roof right love it <laughs> and we talk about like you know you know being perfect right because perfect is only as perfect as how much you know and you don't know what you don't know right mm-hmm. and so this is where this this is where this story is going it's going to feed right into mm-hmm. that perfectly so i'm like okay i need to buy a, a print shop or a frame store or both. Like I need to buy a business that's already up and running so that I can have a passive business that supports my photography, right? So that's what I did. I found a print and marketing business locally here by my house and uh, and, and we bought it. My wife and I bought it. We were newly, we were, we were engaged at the time and we got back from our honeymoon and like three weeks later took over this business. And, mm-hmm. um, Boy, let me tell you about not knowing what you don't know. I was like, man, six weeks, I'll have this place turned around. Because uh, the, the owner at the time, he um, he was like tired, had gotten lazy. He was ready to retire. Like he was just like done. And so sales were on the decline. So I was like, oh, mm. I could turn this around, right? And so I'm like, first I'll get like systems in place. I'll physically clean it up, change the workflow, get that. That'll take six weeks. Uh, that took six months. Um, oh, wow. I needed to, yeah. In four months, I had a plan to get the revenue to where I needed to to replace what I was doing. Um, yeah. It took over a year mm. just to get get the marketing and the sales and on, to a place where it was making money and taking care of itself. So over the course of that, uh, we ran out of money. We ran out of savings, ran out of money. We filled up our credit cards. I borrowed money from the bank. I borrowed money from the family. Like we were tapped out like so bad um i remember coming home one day walking into the kitchen and i find my wife crying right like she's just so upset and she wasn't chopping onions if anybody's thinking (laughs) that like it wasn't the onions there was no onions like this was like tears of fear man let me tell you like and i had been feeling it we just hadn't talked about it yet but Mm. you know she's just like i don't know how we're gonna pay rent like i don't know how we're gonna pay our bills i don't know how we're going like what are we going to, what are we going to do? Right. Mm. And, you know, for me, it's like, we're newlyweds at this point. We haven't even been married a year. Right. Wow. And 
you know, we like when we were like when I was courting her, like our first vacation, it's like, you know, we took a really nice fancy vacation, right? And now it's like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with water for lunch and like wow. no Starbucks and we can't go out to eat at restaurants. Like it is bad, bad. Wow. And it it you know, you talk you talk about it being tough. This was tough, but the thing is is like I didn't know what I didn't know, right? Mm. And so fortunately for me that there there was a turnaround and and it was from podcasts like i i why i support podcasts so much is that podcast was the start was the seed like that started planting seeds in my head that changed everything it led to a coaching program that's why i support support coaching programs right mm. it led to a mastermind just doing those things it started putting me around people who had been or who are where i'm trying to go Right. Yeah. And they don't have to be light years ahead of me. They just mm -hmm. need to be far enough ahead of me to pull me out of the ditch I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. To point me in the right direction. See, I had this huge knowledge base on the creative side and creating teams and systems and building, you know, a global creative network of people. But I didn't know the business. Right. I didn't know mm -hmm. anything about your market. I didn't know anything about your customer. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And so it took long story short over the course of 18 months. So the 18 months from the time we bought it, like it was bad or maybe no, it was recovery time, 18 months recovery time to get us back on top. Um, so I got to the business to where it was taking care of itself. It was about 80% passive. Um, mm -hmm. but learning what I learned, I started bringing in other streams of revenue because that, that business never got to the point where I needed to be financially. Mm. By the time I got to where it was running and it was bringing in revenue, I didn't want to do that anymore. My, my mind, I had learned new things, right? Like yeah. my perfect plan from before yeah. wasn't the perfect plan anymore. Mm. I didn't have that interest. Now I was like, oh, wait, I could do this and I could mm. do this. And so I started bringing in multiple streams of income and then it was we were back on top, right? And that mm. was the turnaround. That was the point where I was like, oof. We made it, right? Mm -hmm. We made it. And so when you say like, how do you get, how do you get past, you have these fears? Well, now I already, I have that to look back on right mm -hmm. now. I know like I not, I learned so much from that. Cause here's the thing before I bought the business and before I did this, I contemplated if I should go to school, if I should go learn business from a business school or if I should buy a business, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily for me, I feel very fortunate that I chose to buy a business. I decided that I was going to learn how to swim by jumping into the deep end, mm. which I do not recommend. If you don't know how to swim, <laughs> do not jump into the deep end. I'm not saying yeah. that. But, but we talk about taking action, right? Yeah. If I would have gone to school, I would have been learning things, right? Mm -hmm. And coming up with the perfect plan, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't actually learn anything. Like your mm -hmm. knowledge doesn't become wisdom until you take action. Mm -hmm. You actually do it, right? Yeah. You need the feedback from life. We keep coming back to it. It was, yeah. you know, you know what helped me turn that business around? I turned it, I focused a hundred percent on business to business activity. And I started mm -hmm. helping other businesses succeed. I was helping other businesses with their marketing and generating new revenue as I was learning before my business was even ready. <laughs> I waited, had I waited until like, oh wait, you know, I've got the perfect plan. I'm going to make mm. my business perfect. And then I'm going to mm. go tell other businesses, I have a perfect business and I can make your business perfect. It mm -hmm. never would have happened. No. It never would have happened. Right. Mm -hmm. I now knew enough to help other businesses succeed, which then taught me from the lessons from learning from their business. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's just like. Love it. Action, yeah. Action produces the life you want and you got to mm -hmm. do it. You know? Love it. I want to ask you this because you said that, um, um, it, it, it was the action, but how, how, how do you take action when you are at that low, deep point that you said, like, um, peanut butter, uh, peanut butter and jelly. That was you, what you were having for lunch. Like in that moment, like I can imagine you have so many thoughts in your head, like yeah. all the worst case scenarios, uh, like how do you get out of that? Yeah, it's that's a really, really good question. Um, I I did a post recently that I called my fetal 15. Mm. And I was describing the 15 minutes every morning during this time frame when things were really bad. The first 15 minutes of every morning, me just curled up like a baby in bed, not wanting to get out of bed, right? Mm. Like, I wish I had a job at that point. I wish I had a job that I could call in sick and still get paid for not doing anything, mm. right? Like, I did. I wanted that. But you have like 
for me now with all the experience and the, like the life behind me, I know that that feeling of fear is, is one, it's just, it's pretend, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talk about the illusion of, per, of uh, perfection. Well, yeah. the illusion, the fear is an illusion as well, right? Like you are, you are predicting an undesirable future, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you're not taking action, which means that you are actually creating that undesirable future, mm-hmm. right? So just knowing that, that I can say, okay, I'm scared, like I'm worried, but that worry is just something that my brain is creating. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can still move my body, right? Yeah. I can still take physical action. So I'm just gonna take a step. And I'm not mm. going to worry about the 15 steps ahead or the five steps ahead. I'm just going to take this one and I'm mm. going to go, and I'm going to go. And all I'm trying to do, and cause now I know, right? So all I'm trying to do is to get into positive momentum. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get to like little successes, these baby steps, yeah. right? Like yeah. what's one thing I can do today, this morning, this afternoon, that mm. I could just get uh, just to feel a glimmer of success, just mm. a glimmer of hope, right? Because then that fear and that anxiety will go away. And now I'm painting an optimistic future. And now I'm thinking like, I've got hope and I could see the dream again. And you just got to get back to seeing the dream, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing, the other thing that, that I've learned, and I think, you know, with age comes wisdom. And I think this is, this is another one because I would not take care of myself physically and mentally. And I would just like, just burn myself out. But now I know if I'm starting to feel fearful about something, or I'm starting to feel anxiety or feeling a little bit depressed, I know that I'm not taking care of myself as well. And so that means I need to get outside. I need to exercise. I need to sleep right tonight. I need to, you know, I need to move. I need to meditate. Like I get a lot from meditation to just like Mm -hmm. stopping, shutting down, like just getting in, like clearing those, getting those thoughts out. Right. Um, journaling has been really helpful for me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my mornings, part of my morning routine is I get up. The first thing I do, um, is I meditate and I have like my, the way I meditate and think, and, and for some people, maybe it's praying, maybe it's whatever it is, it's connecting to a source that's greater than yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I'll also journal. And a lot of times in my journal is I, I call it my manifestation journal. So yeah. I give, I'm giving thanks for the things that haven't even happened yet. I'm, I'm feeling mm. good. I'm feeling grateful for what's to come, right? I am mm. putting, instead of putting thoughts of fear in my head, I'm putting thoughts of, of gratitude and love and excitement for things that are coming, right? Yeah. But some days I am anxious about things and some days I am nervous and I'm worried. And so, you know what I do? I write about that. I write about getting it out. And sometimes I just start writing and I just go and I'm just like, you know, I know I'm worried about this and I don't need to be, I know I'm worried about this and I don't need to be, you know, if I did this and I do that and what ends up happening is I end up writing the plan just for the day. Just like Mm. if I do this today, remember I talked about, I just said it, like if I can just take that one step, well, I just plan it out right there. And then for the rest of the day, I don't have to think. All I have to do mm. is take action, physical mm-hmm. action. And and by the end of the day, the stuff in my mind will go away. Right? Yeah. So answer. good. There's a lot going on there, right? But like. So yeah. good. So good. What, one thing that I would take out of this is that the quality of your life is determined by the, by the quality of questions that you ask yourself. Like every day you ask yourself, what can I do today to get me one step closer to my goal? What are the actions that I can take today? How can I start changing my way of thinking? The thoughts that I keep repeating um, to myself, how can I change these thoughts? So I love that. I love that. I really, really do. And I, I, I can take myself as well. Uh, journaling has been something that has worked for me. Um, meditating as well. Really getting silence. Like yeah. shut, shut, shut yourself. I don't know, like get yourself in silence and see what comes up. Because yeah. the things that comes up is the things that we're holding inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. You got to so, listen to yourself. You're talking yeah. to yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a voice in your head. It's you, right? Yeah. And, and, and you got to have that conversation. And sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to work some things out. You know? Yeah. 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 And it's a part of the, that's the growth. That That is where the growth happens. The growth happens in the uncomfortable and looking at your BS work on it so that you can go outside and help people. Yeah. So, yeah. 
talk talk to me about because we were talking about living um that creative and free life that version of yourself that um is passionate of what is doing can you what does create and live free mean for you yeah that's a really good question and and it really it's it's it ties into what we're talking about right now perfectly um you know we have when i So, you know, I was on top of the mountain, right? And I was doing great and it was amazing. I had this big job. And then I bought this business and was just down in the in the in the de- in the valley of darkness, right? Like mm-hmm. it was bad. And I came back on top, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm on top. And I was working really hard. And and I said it a, a few minutes ago that I was I like burned myself out, right? Yeah. I, I got back into the cycle of even though I'm not working for somebody else now, I've got my I've got a consulting business, like I'm I'm working with other companies, I'm helping them, but I'm burning myself out, right? I'm, I'm burning out, I'm, okay, I'm pulling back and I'm burning out, I'm pulling back. And what I find is that I'm still giving up today for tomorrow, right? If I just work really hard today, if I just like, I'm just gonna give up today and then tomorrow I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, if I'm in a job, I'm gonna work really hard right now. I'm gonna work so hard. I'm gonna give up Monday through Friday. 40 hours so that I can have my two days off in the weekend. I'm going to give that up, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. give up the next four months and I'm just going to work so hard so I can take a week vacation, mm-hmm. right? So, so create and live free. Like we have to create something that generates our income, right? We got to take that action. We got to go. And so for me, create and live free is about building this foundation. That's your, that's your business, right? I don't want you to be an employee, but I also mm. don't want you to be self-employed, right? I mm. want you to be a business owner. People talk about, you know, don't work, uh, don't work in your business, work on your business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true, but you have to get to a point of working over your business, right? Mm. You have to get to the point where that business, the parts of the business that are, um, not what you want to do that are that 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 you have to make it passive you got to get other people to do it and i get that's big and it takes there's some steps to get there but creating this this business right your own business that allows you to be to create and whether you're a photographer whether you're an artist any kind of creative i also believe that entrepreneurs are creatives right so Mm -hmm. you can create you create this business that you send out into the world that generates things for you but the Mm -hmm. freedom right? The freedom doesn't come until you enjoy the ride. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Setting up your business and your business activity, your, your revenue generating activities, yes. setting up in a way that you get to enjoy the ride. So it's no longer about I'm doing this for tomorrow. I'm giving up this for today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, for me and like what I want to help people do is understand like getting those frameworks in place and how to make that money, how to protect their money and then how to use that money to leverage, to make more passive income. Right. Mm. And then you get to do your thing. Then you don't have to worry about, you know, Oh, I would want to become a millionaire. Like what yeah. is a millionaire? Like some, you just want a million dollars in the bank. Like the worst mm. thing you can do with your money is just let it sit in the bank. Like you yeah. make money, you need to get that money to make money for you. Right. Mm. And then you start getting, you know, it's all about cash flow. All of us, it's all about cash flow. And if people like aren't thinking about their cash flow, like that's where it's at. Like cash flow is the cash flow. It's flowing through you. Right. And you need a certain amount of cash every month to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you start to produce that cash? cash flow so that it is passive, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you to to like a million like somebody has a million dollars, how much cash flow do they have? Well, how mm-hmm. how much how many like what kind of passive activities can I do that create the same thing? And I don't have a million dollars in the bank, but I might be living like a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying myself, but like that's the idea. And like getting yourself yeah. to be free is to unshackle yourself from the traditional ideas of how you spend your time to make money because you don't have to do the way that we've all been taught and trained mm-hmm. to do. Like you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And, and you know, look, and this is the path for me and I don't know that it's the path for everybody, but like mm-hmm. if anybody is like connecting with you and they love what you're doing and what you're saying, like that's the path, right? You're like, yeah. you got to get yourself to stop doing everything for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've got to do it today. And that's what Create and Live Free is about is, is more. It's about the freedom yeah. uh, and enjoying your life. Right. Like we, there's so much fear in the world mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody wants to be happy, but happiness doesn't exist in the future and happiness doesn't exist in the past. Happiness only exists right now. Yeah. If you're not doing things right now. You're not living free. Where's the happiness? Like stop yeah. giving up today for tomorrow. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, how do you know if you're, because I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs, photographers, videographers, wedding planners, graphic designers, marketing consultants, coaches, and they do creative stuff. How do you know if your creative stuff works? Like, what? how do you know if it's something that you can do and you can make it a full-time job for yourself you can uh, it, it can pay your bills but then how can you build it to the point that it can also become passive so yeah. how do you know that especially at the beginning stage that you're still exploring how do you know that yeah, yeah it's it's a great question and and you don't until you take action right like like if there's a common thread to this conversation man it's like <laughs> yeah. you gotta do stuff right yeah um You have to understand, you have to know the market, right? And, you, and if you don't know the market, then you don't know, right? And I'm a big believer in, you know, don't, the idea of build it and they, were, they will come, you know, like people say, like, if you build it, they will come, like it was a movie, right? And like, mm -hmm. like movies aren't real. And if you build it, <laughs> they won't come, man. Like it mm -hmm. just doesn't work like that. They no. may and you may get lucky, but you don't want to be lucky. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to put it out there. That's where the conversation comes into play. That's where social media is beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you can just you build up your social media, you have conversations with people. Well, what are they buying? What is that market buying? Right. What are they interested in? What are they mm -hmm. already buying? You have to know your market to know your customer, to know what your customer wants and what your customer needs. And then you give it to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like the step number one, like the, one of the biggest lessons I learned from that business is I didn't know the market. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the customer. I didn't know what anybody wanted. I didn't know any of that. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got, I started to understand what they need and what they, what they're also, what are they used to hearing? Right. So if you're a videographer and say you're mm -hmm. for events, right. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to look at what the other videographers are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So one, you know, you can be successful if somebody else is already successful, right? Yeah. And so you get to model success. Mm -hmm. Like you mm -hmm. have you model, like don't reinvent the wheel. Don't start from zero. Look for lots of people who are yeah. successful doing what you want to do, right? Yeah. Don't worry about being the next big this or, or doing something that nobody has ever done. Mm -hmm. Like, don't tell me you want to do something that nobody has ever done before because there's <laughs> no proof in that, right? No. Like, look for people who have done it. And I'm not saying copy people and I'm mm -hmm. not saying like, Go to their website, look at their website, write the same thing on your your website. But mm -mm. what are they saying? What are they what are the whole point in marketing, right? And when you're looking, looking at what people are responding to is what fears, right? What objections are they kind of overcome? Like other people's mm. copy, right? The words that they say in their social media, the words that they say in on their websites and their web pages and their sales stuff, they're trying to remove objections so people buy their stuff, right? They're yeah. trying to answer questions before people have them. Yeah. So that tells you, right? If you can read into that, that will tell you what people are dealing with, what the customers mm. are used to hearing, right? Mm. So that then gets you in the door, right? Mm. So now you're in, now you're in the door with those customers mm. and now you're interacting directly with them and you get to learn more, right? Mm. Imagine if you could, if you could give away what your competitor is selling, mm -hmm. right? And sell them, but you're selling them something else. So, so you have this idea, you want to do this thing and you're like, I think this is what people need. Like, this is what they need, but they're not asking for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if you're going to sell them that, give them what somebody else is already mm -hmm. selling them. Like, oh, well, I just want that. So I can get that for free. Plus I get this other thing. Like you start looking for ways to, you know, present your offer. Right. Yeah. Um, does that help? Did I get to the bottom of the question? Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I definitely um, get it because one of the things that you oof, that that was gold right there is the sales objection um, part. That is that is it like in order for you to sell something you have to understand what are the objections that are stopping your audience from buying your stuff and then you make sure you answer those questions make sure yeah. that they don't have those questions anymore and that yeah. is gold right there yeah. you know but i, I also like that this. you said that go no go ahead go ahead 
Okay, sorry. So like this is what I just like literally this is what I do, right? Like I think this is like you talk about gold, like let's this is literally what I do. If I say, okay, this is what I want to offer, right? And so I create this statement of this is like if if you want this outcome, the only way to get to that outcome is buying my thing, right? But then if I present that offer, like whatever my big title is, I will list out at least 10 objections that I think people will have, right? If I'm saying, and right away, it's like, I don't have the time, mm. I don't have the money, um, it, you know, those things. And I write out mm. every objection that I can think about. And then I write, mm. well, what is something that I could say, something that I could show, something, and it doesn't, like, it, like testimonials are amazing, right? Like if you have a testimonial mm. that erases that, so okay, that's boom, that's going into the copy, that's going on the webpage. Or, you know, this really high profile person, like Steve Jobs said this, yeah. right? Steve Jobs said this, well, oh, that cancels out this one. Okay, boom, right? And yeah. I make the list, I make the list before I do anything. Mm. And then when I build my website, I can look still at competitors and I can model things of like, oh, this is how they're structuring and this is how they're doing. But instead of them saying here, I'm gonna take my objection eraser and put it here. Mm. Boom. And then like, oh, this one, I'm gonna take this one and put it here. And so mm. by the time they get to the end, if they don't have objections, what's left? You don't even have to sell them. Like you don't have to worry about like being a pushy salesperson. You've gotten rid of all the objections already. Just boom, here, here it is. Here's my money. Yeah. Take my money. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like you're doing them a favor. It's like, these are not the way that you should do it. This is the only way, the most effective way, the one way that you should master today. This is the price. And then they yeah. say yes, or they say no. If they say no, that's also fine. That's also fine. But you can also go, you can continue with them, but let's not go there. But because we can, this can be two episodes in one. Let's start <laughs> wrapping up a little bit. So, because today we've learned a lot with you, Jeremy, and I think we have to bring you up again to the podcast to go part number two. So uh, <laughs> I love it. I love your story. I love that. Um, what you've shared with us because today I I definitely learn a lot and one of the things that I will take away from this episode is that fear will always be there and you have the opportunity to take action anyhow whether you feel the fear or not which most of people does take the action take the jump you don't know what is going to happen one thing for sure is going to happen is that you're going to learn a lot and one thing that we all want to happen is that you get the goal that you wanted. Yeah. But if you don't get to the goal, if you don't get the result that you wanted, you get the lesson that you needed. And then you go again. And then you go again. Because yeah. what describes successful entrepreneurs is that they are committed, they have integrity, and they don't let fear determine what is possible for them. So this has been amazing, Jeremy. Thank you so much. I want to ask you one last question, which is how can we connect with you? How can my listeners connect with you? If you have any podcast, let us know how it's called. If you have Facebook group, whatever it is, let us know how we can connect with you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me on. Like I knew we'd have an amazing conversation. I mean, now I look over the time. I'm like, oh, we're still going. This is like, we could go all day, right? I do. It's, it's so good. It's always great to get together and have wonderful mm. conversations. And um, yeah, thank you very much. The So the easiest way, like the quickest path is goldenoctopillar.com. That's my website. Mm. In there, there's links to everything. Um, on Instagram, I'm the golden octopillar. Um, I think there's underscores in between the words on that one. On Facebook, the business page is uh, the golden octopillar. The Facebook group is create and live free, where we talk mm -hmm. about this stuff and we work together. And, you know, I'm just trying to add as much uh, value as I can. That's why I interviewed you. That So that will go in there, right? Um, mm -hmm. That stuff becomes podcasts and YouTube channels and all that stuff. But golden octopillar is the way to do it. And people always wonder, like, what's a golden octopillar? <laughs> octopillar is the one word that we never corrected. My son, my oldest son, when he started to say, when he was saying octopus, um, he would always say octopillar. I think he just com combined <laughs> octopus and caterpillars, right? Because of the tentacles. And so in my uh, mind, I was like, oh my God, that's adorable. One day, like, <laughs> I bought the domain a long time ago. And then when I needed to, like, have a proper business entity, I was like, I'm no going to use it, right? And then, so I spiced it up with gold because like, it needed to be, you know, the yeah. golden octopillar. Uh, I love it. That's, that's the easiest way. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I'm going to make sure to have all of your links in the description. So it's easier for the listeners to click on it and then they will get to find you um, uh, better. So thank you so much. I wish you all the best. Thank you listeners for staying till the end with us. If you have any questions for Jeremy, make sure you head to his Instagram. The link is in the description. Send him a, send him a message. Let, you, let him know what you learned about this episode. What was your biggest takeaway? And or just thank him. Say thank you. Thank you, Jeremy, for this amazing episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Stephen DeCuba's podcast. I will see you guys next week. Ciao, ciao.